President Dandridge is beginning his push to achieve his party's presidential nomination next year, and I imagine his advisors are telling him he needs to make some concessions to kooks like us. But even if this decision was made for political reasons, it's a decision I'm glad this administration had the courage to make. Vice President Dandridge is the presumed presidential nominee for his party in next November's election. Heading into primary season, he has a substantial lead in the polls in nearly every state, with very few opponents within the Republican Party. The vice president does, however, currently trail both of the men competing for the Democrats' nomination, Indiana Senator Martin Vance and Georgia Governor Orrin Childress. All of his potential Democratic opponents supported this decision on the National Petroleum Reserve and voiced their hopes that in the last year of President Anderson's final term, he will take even more of a lead in protecting the environment. 2. From Bloomberg.com Bloomberg Financial News, October 8. Today's energy price indices show prices ranging from a per-barrel low of $33.40 on IPE crude to a high of $38.10 on NYMEX crude, moving down. While the NYMEX exchange quotes heating oil at $1.42 a gallon, down $1.85. NYMEX gasoline at 137.3, up 27 cents. 3. East End Harbor, Long Island, New York, November 4. Bashar Shaban had seen death before seen it up close. The first time he had been sitting in a car in Fallujah, minding his own business. Bashar was just slouched in the front seat behind the wheel, waiting. He wasn't waiting for anyone or anything. He was just waiting. It was during the first Gulf War. In front of him was a truck. It looked like it was going to fall apart, like it couldn't drive one more mile. There was a family inside, a mother and a father and some children, two teenaged boys. An American Army jeep pulled up alongside, and then the broken-down truck started to drive away. One of the boys rolled down a window, put his hand out to wave to the American soldiers, and the next thing Bashar knew, there was gunfire everywhere. The tires on the truck exploded and then sagged, and the rickety wooden slats that had been built to hold the truck's cargo splintered and just disappeared. The truck's windows shattered and everywhere there were bullet holes. The woman was crying, weeping tears of rage and despair. The man and the two boys were dead. Bashar could see parts of their bodies dangling from the seats. Soldiers were yelling. He heard an officer, angry and loud, saying, You stupid fuck! It was just a fucking kid! What the fuck were you thinking? Then more soldiers came and the crying woman was taken away. Then the truck was taken away. Then it was as if nothing had ever happened, except that Bashar knew that it had. Another time, years later, he saw death come when it was not so unexpected. He was across the street when his cousin Hamid stepped onto a Jerusalem bus and martyred himself. Bashar saw the geysers of blood and the severed legs. He saw a little girl with lovely blonde hair, soft and curly, maybe seven years old, get on the bus right before Hamid. He also saw her body on the street moments later, her fair skin charred black, her blonde hair on fire. Death did not shock Bashar Shaban, or terrify him, or even make him curious in any way. He did not welcome it or embrace it. He was not like Hamid, but he understood that death was a part of life.
and that life was largely about death and dying. There were no surprises to life, Bashar believed, because it always ended the same way. Well, perhaps there was one surprise. Bashar Shaban did not understand why he could not stop sweating. It wasn't hot outside. There was even a pre-winter chill in the air. It was the kind of damp autumn weather that Bashar detested. He liked heat, the baked feeling that came from standing in the glowing sun. He did not care for the American fall or winter. It gave him colds and the flu. For the three years he had lived in this country, he had shivered from November through February, no matter how many layers of clothes he had on. Bashar preferred warmth, the kind of warmth that radiated from his country. But on this November afternoon, he felt none of the day's coolness. He was burning up inside. His stomach was hurting, and his mouth was dry.